Welcome to the Dragon Me to the Movies podcast. I'm Ned. And I'm Joe. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Casino Royale from 2006, starring Daniel Craig, Eva Green, Judy Dench, Jeffrey Wright, Mattis Ekelson. I can always screw his name up. Sorry, man. Uh, but Mads and a bunch of other people. So this is a real good movie, in my opinion, and I recommend it to Joe. Joe, what do you think? I think it's pronounced Mickelson. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, Mads Mickelson. That's at least that's how I've heard it. Yep. Um, that sounds familiar. So, yeah, Mads, Mads Mickelson. I'm going to keep saying his name until you get it right. Yeah, uh, Mickelson there. Makes, We're done. He makes <laughs> a badass bad guy. Oh, my God. He and everything in everything I've seen like, him in. He's yes. just really good. I really I haven't had a chance to watch um, all of the Hannibal stuff, but he did the Hannibal series and I saw like the first few episodes. And it's so good. I just haven't found the time to get through it yet. I mean, he somehow makes a poker playing bad guy with asthma. Badass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's 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 very well done. Very well cast. Daniel Craig makes him very charismatic and badass and also kind of uh, spoiled and overly cocky Bond. Um, okay. But but becomes uh, gets gets hit with a dose of humility at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. which I appreciate um, because I, the way I'm interpreting. So I guess let me I'm getting ahead of myself. So to our listeners, I don't have a whole lot of. Uh, background with James Bond. I have not seen any of like the Sean Connery ones, the ones Pierce before Brosnan? him. Uh, I, ha- I saw one Pierce Brosnan, which is yeah. uh, was a, was a Goldfinger, right? No. Am Golden I saying Eye. it right this time? Golden Eye. See, I, I'm getting it wrong again. Golden Eye, the one after the uh, N64 game. So mm-hmm. I've seen that. And that was an okay movie. It was kind of, you know, Sean Bean dies. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Um, but that's the only movie I've seen. That's the only one. So I wasn't sure what I really what I was getting into. But you're um, also kind of familiar with the character just from like a pop culture stance, right? Uh, that he's a British hitman for okay. the government or or a secret uh, group in the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine it's kind of like the FBI type thing yeah, equivalent. Yeah. Right. MI6. Um, MI6, right. And uh, and I know that like there's there's a whole lot like I, I've seen all of the um Austin Powers, and I understand that's a parody of of Bond in a way. Correct. So, I get that there's like, here, there's all these cool gadgets that Bond has, and he's like a a real like almost borderline. I guess I wouldn't say sexist, but very much a man that gets everything he wants, monetarily and uh, sexually, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He always he always gets the broad. Um, and this this was no different. It it really stuck to that template. Um. Uh. Well, well, we'll talk so, about it, but yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know a whole lot. So I know, I do know though that um, historically, again, pop culture wise, that there's always an, an intro where it's like a gun barrel like moving around and then it sees Bond and then Bond draws first and kills him and then blood comes down. And that happens in this. And, you know, uh, I know too historically that there's usually like some pop artist uh, is asked to write the intro song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very, very, very happy to know that Chris Cornell yes. was the, uh, the singer for this. That made you me know really happy. Yes. Yep. Um, so I was very, 
very excited for what I was about to get into because I was like, man, you're coming with Chris Cornell right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm in. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, the You Know My Name, great song. Right. Um, the intro to Bond, like, I, I never knew that Bond had to kill two people to get his double O number. Um, so that was cool. Kind of getting to understand that and how there's like a little action scene of like, you know, uh, him coming in on like a mob boss guy and them having a discussion about, Oh, how was your first kill? And they show him like really killing somebody in a non, uh, fancy way or a non sexy way. Right. Like he's bashing his head into a toilet and a sink and he's struggling a little bit with it. Right. So I thought that was cool to show the, like, the suave bond that you normally see, like who can just like do everything flawlessly. He's not there yet. He's not mm-hmm. there at all. Um, but you get to see though, he's evolving. And then like that mob boss is like, you know, and now you'll never get your second kill and pulls a gun on him, And then, you know, tries to shoot him, and there's no bullets because bond already was a step ahead of him. Um, and I, I really like too how like, uh, the mob boss was trying to talk his way out of it. And bond just like straight up shot him <laughs> and killed him. Um, I thought that was that was good in the sense that it set kind of the grittiness of the movie, mm-hmm. um, because I, I feel like at least from the outside with the Bond movies, you kind of felt like, sure, there was action and killing and stuff like that. But it was like tongue in cheek kind of action, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, but this was more of like realistic, like this could possibly happen kind of stuff. So I, I appreciated that as well. It then goes past that to. I believe they're in some some African country at this point. Um, and they're at like a uh, was this a chicken fight? I'm, I'm yeah, it was a cockfight. I can't remember. It was cockfight. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's there with Bond's there with, a, I think, an understudy or something or, or an, a local intel. And Bond's telling him, like, don't don't look, don't put your hand in your ear. And, um, you know, the guy that they're tailing finds out and, and there's a chase that ensues and uh, i love how again it's not i mean i guess it's not perfect so and what i mean by that is not cinematically imperfect but stunt wise it's not perfect so when bond's jumping from like a crane to a building he you could you could see and feel the impact of his like ribs against the sharp edge of a building because he didn't Mm -hmm. jump far enough you know there's there's him banging off of uh, a girder at one point because, you know, he misjudged a jump and he's chasing this guy who's actually a better gymnast or, or parkour um, person than than Bond is. But yet Bond's able to catch him and, and, you know, get away. But I appreciate again that it's showing that Bond is not like an all perfect uh, murderer yet or not murderer, but hitman or whatever he is. Right. Right. Um because he's still kind of working a lot of things out. He's throwing himself out there by all means. Oh, yeah. You know, he's he's got essentially the local militia chasing him at one point and has him surrounded and he's able to like blow up a oxygen tank or something behind a propane tank, which is like enough to blow everybody on their like on their stomachs and kind of disorient them for him mm-hmm. to like get away. Like it's it's very cool how he can just kind of like he can get control of a situation, maybe not in the cleanest ma- manner, but he's able to do it. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I really like how this is like an origin uh, story for Bond um, this instead of like a, a continuation story. And it's actually one of the first like instances where they've done that with a James Bond film. 
Um, it was more oh, okay. of, I guess, like a, a cobra mongoose type fight, but it's in the style of a chicken fight. Right. Um, yeah. Honestly, everything you said there, uh, I agree with. There, This is a very kind of grounded, realistic thing, and it does do a good job of kind of portraying a younger James Bond throughout the movie, actually. Um, and I, I even love how, you know, you can see he's learning as he goes along and he is taking his lumps and maybe not as, uh, you know, polished as he becomes later on. But you see, like, the talent and stuff, like where the guy runs out of bullets and throws his gun, he catches it and throws it back at him. Like, there's right. just a lot of real cool stuff that they did with this. I really appreciate yep. it. Yeah, I agree. And I and I like to there's not it's not like a, like I've seen in some movies where like as time passes, they'll put a date at the bottom to say like this. So, you know, like six months later or a year mm-hmm. later or whatever. You don't really get that in this movie. But but based on how more refined Bond becomes, you can kind of guess a significant amount of time has changed. Like um, from that chase in, in the uh, African country, uh, he ends up in like, I think, South America somewhere. I'm guessing um, on like yeah, a beachfront like resort. Yeah. Right. And you don't know how much time passed between the two, but you start catching up things like Bond was able to like hack in to MI6's uh, uh, system when he's not supposed to be in it right at the moment. Right. Because um, there's a whole thing of like, hey, he's in the system. He's looking up these people, you know, um, and uh, and bond's boss is like well how did he get in there you know and and then like at one point he gets into his boss's account and or or i think she he calls her her home phone right and she's like how did you get that and you know it shows that he's becoming more resourceful which is cool to see him growing like that um but without actually seeing the steps that he took to get there you know it starts it kind of starts to grow that that vagueness that Bond has that makes him interesting. Like, how does how does he do this stuff? How is he so suave? How is he able to do things so flawlessly? And he's starting to get there as the movie goes on, mm-hmm. um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, you get to see some of his uh, his uh, personality as well when he's in that um, that beachside resort, and you know he goes up against somebody. It's a lead. Um, to find out, you know, who that uh, duty chased originally in the movie works for. And uh, he ends up betting, uh, I forget how much money in against this guy. And the guy bets his car and, and Bond wins. And it kind of shows like, all right, Bond knows how to play poker. And, mm-hmm. you know, is really good at telling bluffs and stuff like that. Um, and then the next thing, you know, he ends up getting that bad guy's girl. And they end up doing the ugly, right? Well, um, do they? So you get to... S- well, I guess you don't know, but you no realistically, well. like you know, he didn't. He got the information he wanted from her and left. He got the champagne oh, that's right. and left. That's right. That's right. Because he, yeah, you're right. You're right. They did not. You're right. Um, and that's one of the things I found interesting about this bond. Yeah, that's that is a good point. That is true. I guess I kind of inferred that that's what happened, but you're right because it goes straight from like she's like, I'm going to go get comfortable or whatever, and then mm-hmm. he's in the car. Driving yep. to that gala, the um, the the muscle uh, gala. I forget what the bodies bodies in motion. Is that what that was called? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, so he goes there, and then it goes back again. Where, yeah, he's really good at tracking people down, but he's up against I think a villain that he's not 
prepared for because he's he's tracking this person through the gala acting like um you know he's not being seen he's being inconspicuous but the next thing you know the bad guy's behind him with a knife to his back mm-hmm. you know um and bond's caught and and you know bond's able to get out of it and I kind of find it funny that he's able to stab the guy in front of everyone and nobody notices mm-hmm. like Bond's able to switch the blade around and like puncture the guy's lung or whatever heart. Um, and then like sit him down on a bench and then leave. Right. Um, but I, again, I like how it was not smooth. Nothing, nothing went smoothly yet. It's all been rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think at that time we kind of start to get an idea that Mads Mickelson plays into this. Um, they start showing some scenes of him, like having conversations. Um, there's the whole scene of the chasing of uh, the dude through the airport. Who's got the bomb. Um, they're going to blow up this huge, uh, like, I think it's the largest jet um, airliner mm-hmm. that exists to make like a statement. And, you know, that whole that whole truck chase through the airport was badass. Um, I thought that was really well done. Um, again, Bond, Bond gets the shit kicked out of him, but he prevails. Um, you know, even when the bad guy thinks he's won and, uh, you know, goes to blow up the tanker truck, fuel tanker truck in front of the, uh, the plane, you find out that the explosive that was attached to the truck is now attached to the, the belt loop of the uh, terrorist. Um, cause Bond was able to get it off the truck and move it onto him. So it's, <clears throat> it's really cool again that, you know, Bond doesn't come out of this unscathed, but he saves the day again. Um, so it's it's been it's it's really good, I think, in that there's keep they keep setting it up. The bonds bond is just a human. He's not untouchable, um, which then eventually gets us to the the part where, you know, they find out Mad Mickelson's the bad, big bad guy. He's holding a <clears throat> a uh, a poker tournament with all these like huge people to get money and you find out that Mad Mickelson's in debt to someone else. So there's even like a larger criminal organization that Mad Mickelson's trying to, you know, raise mm-hmm. the money for. Um, and then, you know, there's a whole lot about how Bond gets mixed between the two. Like he, he hears all this stuff going on in Mad Mickelson's room, but then uh, him and, uh, Oh, I guess I should notice that, or should, should say that then this is around the time that, uh, it's Ava Green, right? I think that was her name. Yeah, Ava Green. Um, yeah, she gets pulled in. So she's another MI6 um, operative that's there to help assist um, Bond. She's more of the accountant. Poker... Yeah. Okay. But she's there to help Bond um, out throughout this. So she basically has to act as his wife so she can stay there and watch, you know, transactions happen and stuff like that. And she's very much a uh, pencil pusher type. Not to say like nerdy, but like doesn't get her hands dirty. But then just being around Bond in the first place gets her into a position where she has to get her hands dirty. Right. She ends up killing somebody um, at one point to save herself. Um, And I really like the scene where, you know, uh, she ends up in the shower, um, like basically in like the fetal position with like a cold Mm -hmm. shower because she killed somebody. And what I don't like about that is how She's laying there and Bond goes up to console her and she's like, I have blood on my hands. And then he sucks the blood off of her fingers. That was that Kinky. was a little weird. That was a little <laughs> was a little weird. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Uh that that was yeah, it kind of weirded me out a bit, but um 
but I appreciate it that again they're showing people are human. It's not like everyone and is dead inside and the way they wrote that scene, they actually had her like naked or like in at least a bikini type thing. Um and Daniel Craig pushed for it not to be that because he's like she wouldn't have taken her clothes off. She would just been distraught and gone. Right. Her. So I respect yep. a lot and of that. I, and I think stuff that's the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the right call. Um, so yeah, so she she has a lot of problems there. Um, and so you know, Bond gets her kind of under control. They go back to this poker game, and um, and there's this whole exchange about how Bond is like a great tale of people's um, you know, tales. Bluffs so like, and tells they're and bluffs, tales. right? So like, they're um, they're tales, right? I think is what mm-hmm. they call them. So like. Um, somebody like looks at their hand and then like makes a sigh every time he he can tell that's when they have a bad hand. Well, mm-hmm. he goes in all in thinking he's got Mad Mickelson, but Mads could tell that Bond knew. And so he threw his tail out there to bluff him and ends up getting Bond out of it. And Bond really takes a hit to the ego there and almost goes off the edge and ends up shooting everybody. Um, but luckily there was a uh, was it was he FBI or CIA? I can't remember. He's CIA. Um, OK, CIA Jeffrey Wright was also in the poker tournament um, there for the U.S. government to catch Mad Mickelson. So um, he ends up proposing that, well, well, I'll do a buy in for you, Bond, because, you know, MI6 didn't have the money to do it. Um, well, they weren't going to back him. Well, right. They weren't going to back him for it. Not that I guess that they didn't have the money. They just weren't going to give him the money. So. Uh, so the CIA agent says, I'll give you the money. You're better at this than I am. But you have to turn Mads Mickelson over to us um, mm-hmm. once this is over. And they agree. And so, um, you know, Bond goes back in and then uh, he ends up getting drugged. Right. Another thing you would never expect or poisoned, I should say, not drugged. He's poisoned. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he realizes at one point that he get he gets poisoned goes out to his car. I really like this, how they, he was calling MI6 and they were trying to prep him for the uh, defibrillator um, mm-hmm. so that when his heart stopped, they could remotely shock it back in. Um, and it just shows the struggle of how he's dying, actively dying, but trying to keep his composure to follow what MI6 is saying while MI6 is also arguing over what they should be doing because they can't tell what... Um, chemical was used right um you know and there's like one person shouting you know take the take the syringe and the other one say no don't do the syringe and um and then he eventually passes out because through all of that trying to hook up the defibrillator there was a cord unplugged um and you're pretty much like all right bond's dead at this point but um ava comes out just thankfully at the right time plugs it in he gets defibrillated back to life and uh and he kind of shakes it off. It goes back in and plays more poker. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a very, very Bond move from what I can tell. Um, yeah, and he talks you know, about the, that last hand nearly killed me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that just kind of shows Mad Mickelson that he's he's up against an agent of a different caliber than what he's maybe used to dealing with. So it goes on. You, you turn to find out that another person that was there with them. And uh, is it I can't remember his name. Is it Gianni? Or Giannini, I can't remember his name, but he was another operative that was there or, or person of faith to Bond. Turns out the two have double crossed him and was You're working for Matt Mickelson. 
Yeah. Mathis, that's who I'm... Yeah, sorry, I'm getting the names mixed up. Um, but yeah, he ends up being a double agent for Mads. And so he ends up kidnapping Ava. Um, there's a car chase. Uh, they end up basically uh, out outmaneuvering Bond by putting Ava in the middle of the road on a blind hill. And Bond has to move out of the way with his car as he's speeding, rolls it. They pull him out of the car. He's now captured. Mm-hmm. So then it takes them to, which I think is like one of the coolest things. Not one of the easiest things to watch, but one no. of the coolest parts of it. No, no, no. Is, is the torture scenes. So Mads Mikkelsen has Bond. Um, he has the girl that Bond likes, which is Ava. And he separates them. And there's screaming coming from Ava's room because you don't know what's going on in there. And Mads is telling, you know, Bond, like, you need to tell me your passcode so I can have the money that you want in the poker game. Um, And Bond's not going to do it. And uh, so they have Bond tied up um, naked to a uh, like a a lattice chair. Um, But the the bottom of the lattice chair is cut out. So it's almost like a like the frame of the chair and his 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 ass and his giblets Mm -hmm. are hanging below the chair. Um, and you come to find out that the reason for that is because Mads Mikkelsen has a giant rope with with something very hurtful on the end of it. And he's whipping Bond and his 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 feel goods over and over again, um, trying to get him to give up the code. And that had to have been one of the most uncomfortable things to watch, but so badass in that, you know, there was nothing off the table that that. Mads Mikkelsen would do to get the money because he was in he was in so much danger of if he did not pay that money, um, he was going to die. So he was going to get that code from Bond, whatever it took. And uh, there's quite a few lashes that happen. And and Daniel Craig did a great job at selling the excruciating pain that mm-hmm. I'm sure you would have if that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I also love how he taunted him with like, uh, I have an itch. Can you scratch it for me? Yeah, he's yeah. At one point, I think like the his adrenaline gets up so high that he's able to like laugh at it and which just pisses off Mads Mikkelsen even more and makes him do it more. And oh, my God, so hard to watch. Um, And it ends up to a point where uh, he he Mads Mikkelsen gets so mad that he knocks Daniel Craig over um, and is about ready to like start stabbing him or something. And then all of a sudden you see like a figure come out shoot Mads Mikkelsen and then Daniel Craig passes out and you're like, what just happened? Like what in the world? You know? And I love that too. Cause it's like, man, that, that could have been real bad for bond, but something, something happened somehow. And then it, it goes to his recovery and how, you know, after that much of a, a battle that he's taken on and the scarring, um, that he's done with, with MI6, he's ready to move on with his life. Ava is going to, you know, hopefully they'll they'll have a relationship. They're going to go away. They'll use the money that they want in poker to go mm-hmm. start a life somewhere else, which is interesting, too, because all this time, you know, James Bond has been very much. I'm a loner. Uh, I don't trust anyone. But then he he makes a point to say that the thing he loves about Ava is that, you know, he can always tell everyone's tale, but Ava doesn't have one. Um, which makes him think that he can trust her because she's not trying to lie to him. Well, as it turns out, she does lie to him. Um, but it's not for a reason that 
they kind of paint it to be because they almost make it mm-hmm. look like she's a double agent crossing right. him. Um, and there's a whole chase scene and I'm guessing in, I think it was Italy, right? Um, something like that. Or, or something. Sim- you're right. Um, where when they're off and alone, um, he finds out that the money is being siphoned out of his bank account <clears throat> and that Ava had just left with his card basically to get that money. And she wasn't supposed to take it out. So she drained it. So he chases after her. There's some bad guys there. You start to think that Ava's involved. Um, Ava dies. Um, the bad guys die. It's a really cool fight scene in that they're in a building that looks like it was crumbling into a canal, but it was like kind of band-aided by architects to not fall in by like floatings, like floaty systems. Yeah, um, I mean, within it's the, building. the city that's built on top of the sea. Like it, they do that to keep the buildings afloat. Right. And supported. And so, yeah, one of them pop and the bo- the building starts to submerge slowly. And so there's a whole fight while they're escalating up the building. Well, it pops um, because Bond shoots it. Right. Right. So, yeah, so it starts to sink. There's a fight going on while the building is submerging. So it's like a a, uh, a very tense situation. Ava ends up gets stuck in an elevator. The The thing submerges. Bond tries to save her. He can't. She doesn't want to be saved because she feels bad for what happened. She dies. And, you know, Bond's like upset. And now he's at a point where he doesn't trust anyone again. Um, and then you come to find out towards the end that and I'm, I'm generalizing a lot of this for, for time's sake. But mm-hmm. turns out that, you know, you, you come to think that Ava was the bad person, you know, was a, a double agent again. But she might have been using that money to get the bad guys off of her and bond so that they could kind of live in peace. At least that's what I took from it. Well, yeah. I mean, the conversation, um, with mom kind of goes and explains a little bit about that and how, you know, she was in love with another person and like, she just got tied up with stuff and ultimately pressured into doing some of these things. Um, which then also kind of questioned, like, did Mathis betray him? Um, and then you could see at this point in the film, James is pretty much shut down and is like, this is strictly a job and he's just straight face. The bitch is dead. Um, right. So he's ready to move on and get back to work. Yep. Yep. Back to MI6, even yeah. though he just quit. Right. Um, so, yeah, I I loved I loved the story. I love the twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just overall, I thought it was really well written, really well uh, acted. Yes, um, this movie yeah. is by far my favorite. Like, I love Daniel Craig's Bond. I know there's a lot of people kind of talking and, you know, hemming and hawing about the fact that you have a blonde James Bond because traditionally he's not blonde. But honestly, I felt Daniel Craig did an excellent job. and. Um, Barbara, I think Broccoli is her name. Um, she chose Daniel Craig based on his performance in Layer Cake. Um, so he initially was going to reject the role other than her pushing for him. So I thought it was a good choice. It worked out very well and he had a good run with it. Um, so I was really happy with his performance compared to past films like I mean, you have Sean Connery, you have Pierce Brosnan, 
you have so many people who've filled this role and i think daniel craig is probably by far my favorite um yeah i agree with I mean, you based, Go ahead. i was gonna say based on the comparison of the two that i've seen i prefer daniel craig and i love what they did kind of like with the you know previous to the double o status all that stuff was kind of shot in black and white um and then you know obviously they kind of have the scene cut into the credits with the traditional him turning and shooting to kill the guy and i love the art style of the opening scenes and a lot of the movies have not only like a great song kind of playing during the opening scene but just the way they do the credits is it's amazing um yeah i really enjoyed agreed. that with this one um and i also really like the structure of this film so you have kind of the three acts where you have kind of the first act is you know him pretty much getting into the poker game and then the actual poker game is act two and then you have this whole other act three that you thought would probably end with the poker game and it just continues on with the torture scene and the eva stuff and all that it's just so good on how they pulled this story together um and then the fact that you have lashif who is he's not like a over-the-top villain he is just a dude trying to back terrorism and make a profit and he does it through playing poker um mm -hmm. so he's not like an overly powerful person but he still did a very good job of being the antagonist of this film. So I like how right. they handled that aspect of things as well. Um, also, I really love the parkour stuff that you see in the beginning. And that is one of the most notable things about this movie is people just keep talking about that opening with the parkour scene. And they did an excellent job with that. Yeah, um, I agree. And then... As I mentioned earlier, he doesn't stay with that woman. So he's a Bond who's rather focused. And I think they did a good job of bringing in um, Eva Green's character to kind of almost sway him away. Um, and him obviously falling in love with v Vesper had he, he was gone. Like he was going to turn away and just go full bore. And then. Obviously, it's a lesson learned from that, that maybe love isn't a thing for him and he is going to be focused on the job, which kind of led into the future of the movies with them. Um, I just, I don't know, I respect so much about this. And then, like, you know, that car scene you were talking about, that car flips so many times. And that's actually the most amount of flips a car has done in a movie, in a scene like that. Oh, really? So, yeah. I don't know if it still holds that record, but based on what I was reading, yeah, it still holds that record currently. Um, I'm sure there's something out there that beats it, but um, in general, it's seen as one of the most flips of a car from a, I think, I don't remember if they did it completely practically or it's some way they pulled it. It's the most amount of flips. Um, they did something with that that, or like they did something with this movie that I honestly I, it was hard for them to live up to and you know you have the follow-up Daniel Craig James Bond movies I respect a lot of them do they live up to Casino Royale for me no but I also have some personal things where I love playing poker so 
seeing someone kind of play poker and do it in this way, like it, they just did a good job of representing that too. So there's just a lot for me to really enjoy in this movie. And then you get to the point where you have, I don't know, just all the betrayal type stuff and you're trying to track, okay, so it was Mathis, someone who betrayed him? Was he not? And then you get to this Mr. White person where you know that's where he switched it on. And the Mr. White's like, who is this? And he instantly shoots him, doesn't even respond. And then he walks up to him and does his, you know, my name's Bond, James Bond. And you hear that classic song come into play. Like, right. just a real nice way to end it, show that he has fully engulfed becoming James Bond. And he is now just a man on a mission to kill everyone. So I thought they did such a good job with this movie. And I really enjoyed a lot of the casting. Um, the fact that they got uh, Judy Dench back for M. Now, one of the things that I don't know how aware you are, but James Bond historically has had like the fancy cars, the cool gadgets and stuff like that. Um, right. He doesn't really have that here. He doesn't have a cue to rely on to get those fancy gadgets, um, which I kind of respected, to be honest, out the gate in his early kind of intro to James Bond. Yeah. So that's just a, another little kind of tidbit they did with this, and I re- appreciate it. Yeah, fair enough. What would you uh, think of this recommendation and give it score-wise? Yeah, so overall, I really, really, really like this. Um, I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Four and a half out of five. Really? Yes, sir. Are we in agreement? We might be. I'm curious. What uh, What do you take off the half point for? Um, I think just... I really have to think about it, but I, I think that it's, it's a really good movie. It's one that I can highly recommend. Mm-hmm. But I think the genre itself is not one that I go back and visit all the time. So okay. it's not it's not that there's anything physically or or structurally wrong with the movie. Right. It's it's that I like action movies, but as you and the listeners probably know by now, is that I'm more of a comedy guy. Um so I would I would just say that for me personally, you know, it's not it's not on my Mount Rushmore per right. se but it's close that's fair yeah i actually gave it a 4.5 out of 5 um it has some little quirks here and there but i love what they did with this movie and it's one i definitely try to go back and watch at least yearly if not yeah more often. you know what i'll take off half a point for finger licking in the shower <laughs> that's fair that is fair <laughs> Uh, but like I know we didn't even really touch upon like some of the like set pieces in here where he's you know fighting the people on the stairs and just like the oh, yeah. with the machete. Like there's yeah, there's so a lot of environmental in this movie. There's a lot of environmental stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Um just to again show Bond's resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. Um and I also don't know how much they, they shot on set versus like out on site. Um, but if, if any of it was on set, you know, they did a hell of a job cause it's, right. it's hard to really tell. Um, so right. yeah, yeah, and it's really well done. There's also the drink, which as he was trying to like 
figure out what he likes to drink and you know he gets to that one point where he's like shaking or stirred from the bartender he's like does it fucking matter like yeah <laughs> um I, I like he was also not like in the best place the at that time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so good i'm really like uh, i'm glad that you liked this recommendation yeah this scored well so um i think it's your turn to recommend the movie it is it is and so I was given some thought uh, of what we were going to we were going to watch next. And I think I'm going to recommend a movie that's coinciding with a new TV show release that's coming out. Is it a series um, or is it a movie? It's well, it's a series. It's a uh, TV series. Well, a Hulu series. OK, um, it's uh, it's History of the World Part Two. But we're going to watch History of the World Part One by Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it. Um, if I did, I was really young and I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, My dad so was I'm, a big fan of Mel Brooks, so I yeah. have a feeling it was probably on in the background at some point, but <laughs> I do not remember it. Yeah, Mel, Mel Brooks was one of the first, um, I guess, directors and producers that I was introduced to in the comedy realm from my mm-hmm. mom. Um, she's a big fan of them. And so I've really taken a grasp to Mel Brooks films in general because they're a good mix of what I really like of the stupid humor, right. but it's also smart humor. Right. Um, a lot of his humor is there to make statements, whether political or societal. And I just love that he can do that so well. Um, so I'm really excited to see what your thoughts are mm-hmm. of history of the world part one. Me too. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at ToTheMoviesPod. And thanks for joining. Yeah, and thanks for dragging me to that Bond flick. You're welcome, sir. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.